Welcome to Press Room on Radio Town. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Well, this time every Monday, David Fowler runs around the country getting all the latest information and uh, joining us to take a look at Queensland is Ben Dorries. Hello, Ben. Good morning, Merck. Now, someone told me it might have been your birthday yesterday. Am I on the right train here? In fact, you are on the right train there. I turned 28. Wow. Again. (laughs) You've turned 28 again. Congratulations. Thank you very, very very well done. And as a birthday present, you get to talk to me. How good! I, I know. I thought it was the best thing. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it when I found out. I thought, well, that's just made my day indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Very oh, good. Dear. So, um, on the uh, weekend, you posted a story um, about the Jockeys Association. What's going on there? Oh, yeah. Look, it's a really interesting one, Merck. I mean, so every other state in Australia, um, once apprentice jockeys turn eighteen. Uh, there's a trust fund or a holding account, you know, set up effectively to withhold, um, you know, a, a vast proportion of their earnings. I mean, these are young kids earning, you know, 18, 19 year olds earning just a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so effectively, um, that's the situation in other states. It used to be the situation in Queensland as well, but we went through a spate many years ago where there's a lot of mature age apprentices and, and apprentices uh, that were a bit older that had families and kids. And, and at the time, it was sort of thought, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of abandon this setup because, you know, if you've got kids in the family, you know, you, you, you need a strong wage to, to exist on effectively. But look, it's become a bit of a talking point again just in recent months. I, I mean, one example, um, you know, without sort of pointing the finger at him too dramatically, but it's Bailey Wheeler, the, the star apprentice, who's now been stood down twice. Uh, by his master, uh, Annabelle Neesham. And on the first occasion, he said, he actually fessed up. He said, look, I, I've just been partying too much. Uh, I, I'm enjoying beers too much with my, you know, with my mates at the you know, pub, et cetera, et cetera. I've been spending a fair bit of money. Um, you, you know, not the crime of the century necessarily, but look, now he's been stood down twice. So look, there's just a bit of debate going on just in regards to potentially having another look at that situation in Queensland. Because at the moment, once apprentices turn 18, apart from what their master gets, uh, they, they, they effectively get all their cash. So that's a lot of cash for someone potentially who's earning you know, $10,000 a week or something, yeah. some of them. That's, that's a lot of money coming in pretty quickly. So, look, there's going to, I think, be a bit of a relook at that. Um, however, I, I think the most likely scenario could be that in the future we see these... Um, you know, trust funds and holding accounts re-established for apprentice jockeys in Queensland, but only on an opt-in basis. So, for instance, you know, if you're an 18-year-old kid and, and you know, your parents or, or yourself think it's a good idea, well, you can definitely opt-in, but it's not compulsory. I think that's the way it's going. Look, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Because clearly in some circumstances, I mean, it's not just all about money, is it? There's other, there's behavioural issues with, with, with some jockeys and, and all sorts of other things. So it's not a one size fits all approach no. but it's an interesting debate Merck. Yeah it is and because they are just kids some of them and um, well we all know that there's times in our lives where perhaps we don't make the best decisions um, maybe they could also just look at it on a case by case basis you know um, as you say with an opt in but also uh, perhaps a case by case if you've got someone coming in that's 35 and starting well perhaps that you know wouldn't be required to you know 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, Glenn Prentice, who runs the Jockeys Association, said, look, at the moment, they'd love to see some sort of trust fund system in place for apprentice jockeys because um, he said, look, and this is a direct quote, he said, look, letting someone loose with that sort of money when they're at a young age, it can be a recipe for disaster. So... Look, just an interesting one to keep an eye on. Well, I'll tell you, a couple of young people that are doing really well at the moment is Power Couple, Ben Thompson and Steph Thornton. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Didn't this one come out of the blue last week with Ben Thompson oh. uh, getting a short-term riding contract to ride in Hong Kong? Now, I have a feeling, I, I don't have any confirmation of this, but I have a feeling this could end up being longer than a sh- short-term riding contract. This sounds to me a little bit like the situation, right, we'll give you a short-term riding contract. If you do well over here, you keep your head down and you ride well and you don't get suspended, yeah. uh, we'll definitely look at extending it. That's what it kind of sounds like to me. So this might be actually more significant than we thought in the first place. So, look, it's terrific stuff for, for Ben, um, a lovely, you know, young fellow, terrific rider. Uh, yeah, and, and, look, he's a lightweight jockey who is obviously, you know, would be in demand over there. But, look, it's a terrific story for their family, uh, as well, they had a, a young baby, Harry, four and a half months ago, who had all sorts of health issues in the first couple of weeks of his life. Had life-saving open-heart surgery for a really rare, um, you know, heart complaint. Thankfully, Harry is terrific now. That there's no ongoing issues, oh, so that's good great. As gold. Yeah, good as yeah gold. but but um, but Steph Thornton actually, I think she's still known as Thornton in a racing sense. Anyway, racing she actually re- <laughs> she returned to the saddle on Saturday at Eagle Farm. Had one ride for for Dad. This was the first ride as a mum. Mm-hmm. And ran second on the track, a very narrow second, but then had a crack at getting the race in the stewards' room as well, and she, she failed there, unfortunately. Oh. So, look, she had her uh, had her mum and actually a baby boy on track as well. So they were just hoping that they could produce a winner. She was riding for her dad, Glenn. Uh, first up, being a mum. Oh, you don't see that very often in the form gods, do you? First up, mum. <laughs> but unfortunately, she... <laughs> She fell. She fell a, fell a narrow second, and I think she also had a ride at Mwilimbar for a dad yesterday, which didn't get the chocolate. So, look, in the next couple of days, yep. uh, that young family will be off to Hong Kong. So, we wish them all the best. Oh, don't we? And, and we go from one end of the spectrum to the other to someone that's uh, been around for a very long time uh, with Cyril Small. Oh, look, this is just my personal opinion, and look, different opinions make the world go round, don't they? But. Look, I think he's a, he would be a really worthy inductee into the Queensland Racing Hall of Fame. Oh. We know him all as Vaux jockey, of course, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Uh, with all those Group 1s, he was catapulted into the national spotlight. But look, for many other reasons too, Merck. I mean, this year in May, he will uh, it will be the 50th anniversary of his first race ride. Get that round your head. He's been riding for 50 I can't. years. I can't. I mean... It was... I just don't know how you, you, you keep that level of fitness for so long and everything hurts for me and I'm in my mid-50s. <laughs> I thought you were 28. I'm um, 28, But really. look, I'll say this about Cyril. I mean, look, there's a very rogue element of the story. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and I suppose that's the headline act. But look, he's been on the... He's been involved with the Queensland Jockeys Association since its inception in the 1970s. He's done so much good work there. He's been a mentor for so many young jockeys. He's an absolute clean-skinned serial. I think uh, the worst penalty he's ever received in his, in his career from stewards was like a minor, you know, careless riding charge. So, look, he is quintessentially part of the Queensland and Australian racing industry. And, look, I suppose my argument on this is, I mean, you, you know, th- there would be a lot of other worthy inductees. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I suppose sport in general, I just think if you think Cyril should be in there, let, let's get him in now. Let's not wait until he's retired 
or passes away one day. I go to these Hall of Fame things and there's a lot of people inducted, you know, who sadly passed away, who long since retired. I think we need to celebrate, um, you know, the real special stars of our industry while they're still around and in Cyril's case, still participating in the injury in the industry. I think he had... Uh, some hip surgery. He's yeah. been out of the saddle for a little while. He had some hip surgery last Thursday, I believe. Right. Um, but, but his lovely wife, Lindley, who is a hobby trainer, uh, has a horse that she's trying to prepare for, for Cyril to ride to win somewhere, hopefully, in May, which will be the 50th anniversary of his first race ride. So wouldn't that be a lovely story? That would be a, a, a lovely story. And I look forward to um, seeing him ride that winner. I'm going with the positive. And, um, yeah, Cyril is just he's a stalwart of the industry, really. Oh, he is. And, look, um, as I said, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, some, some people may kick up for, for other, you know, jockeys, trainers, uh, other, you know, officials who have, I get that. Yeah, uh, but personally, I, I've got a special spot in my heart for Cyril. I think he's done so much for racing uh, in Queensland, he, and he's just such an essential part of the fabric of racing in the state. I'd love to see him in the Hall of Fame. Okay, well, let's hope we do see him in the, the Hall of Fame sooner rather than later. <laughs> now, also news coming out last week about alligator blood. Oh, yeah, I actually broke this story for, for Racenet and our News Corp website to the state. It's a yeah. big, big story. Um, serious injury to Alligator Blood, that seven-time Group 1 winning superstar, which we can safely call him uh, now. Serious injury, a Paston injury, mm. uh, which was diagnosed after a trial recently. Now, look, I have a feeling we may not see this horse race again. I don't <laughs> say that with any great insight. No. But... Look, he's going to be out for at least 12 months. He's seven now. Um, So, look, fingers crossed, but, gee whiz, 12 months is a long way away, isn't it? So, will he tricky. They really can. Oh, yeah. Will he return to his best? Will he come back? Oh, look, I hope he does. He's one of those horses that everyone knows. But, look, in the meantime, I've got to say, this court battle involving alligator blood uh, and the 2020 Magic Millions Gold Coast Guineas win, which we, which he was disqualified from, okay. it subsequently sort of reinstated. Uh, it continues. There's a Supreme Court hearing uh, in the Appeal Division on Wednesday. And, look, I don't have time to go into all the ins and outs of it, but yeah. it's effectively the Queensland Racing Integrity Commission and Racing Queensland uh, effectively appealing uh, the decision of a uh, senior judge effectively to hand that race back to Alligator Blood because they said, that judge said, that the owners uh, didn't get um, you know, due process at the time. So, look, I suspect it's still got a fair way to play out. It'll be in court this week. There'll be a lot of legal argument. There may not be a headline act out of it this week, no. uh, but that matter continues to roll on more than four years on. Well, we can only wait and watch with that. Uh, but what uh, we can also have a bit of a chat about, just a couple of minutes, um, there's a little bit of turmoil going on Racing Victoria regarding their board at the moment. Well, it's more than a little bit of turmoil, I reckon. It's been going <laughs> on. It it's, been, <laughs> it's been going on for some time. So, yeah. look, the background of this is Jonathan Munns, who who listeners might know from you know Giga Kick. You know, they're his yeah. colours, the red and white colours. Uh, he's a, a yeah a billionaire. He's a very powerful man in racing. He he runs the the Thoroughbred Owners Association in Victoria. He has his he has his heart set on getting rid of Andrew Jones, the chief executive of Racing Victoria, and some of his key henchmen Mm -hmm. and some of the board uh, because he's just been dismayed with the direction of uh, racing in Victoria since Andrew Jones took over. Andrew Jones is a former cricket administrator. So, look, he's just not happy with things. He's been agitating for change behind the scenes. So, look, he's... um, 
he's basically organised this no confidence motion, uh, which is going to be, I think, tabled, uh, you know, shortly or, or later this month. Look, the, the indication is most of the board will survive that. There might be a couple of departures, I think. But look, I, I don't think the clubs, the, the race clubs in Victoria, are fully going to back Jonathan Munster's proposal at this stage. But very much the riding is on the wall, Mercedes, uh, that if some of the leaders at Racing Victoria don't get their act into gear, uh, and we've seen all sorts of crazy things, haven't we? Like, I remember doing those stories last year about the, you know, they wanted to mic up jockeys during races. I mean, Christ, what a crazy proposal. Like, that's just silly stuff. So, look, things along those lines, and there's just, I think, a general disharmony and a disconnect between the industry and Racing Victoria. So, look, uh, it'd be interesting to watch this... Oh, they are very much so, Mercedes. And look, I think most of the board uh, will be okay. There might be a few go. But um, there may be a new chairman coming, a very, very high-profile man, non-racing person. So uh, I haven't got that confirmed, but... Yeah, hint, could be really good uh, <laughs> from another sport. So it uh-huh. could be really interesting. That's a ch- that's the chairman role, not the chief executive role. Yes. Um, but look, there's some power plays going on behind the scenes. The one thing I can say for sure is there's significant angst uh, with Racing Victoria and the direction it's heading. So look, uh, again, I guess we watch this space, Mercedes. Indeed. Well, you get those kids off to school. Yeah, great. Day. Happy happy 28th birthday again. Thank Lovely you talking. very much. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. There was Ben Dorries. He's uh, having a chat with us about uh, everything Queensland and uh, other things in between. And uh, joining us uh, now is uh, Mitch Cohen to speak with Jared. We welcome Mitch to the program. Regular panellists to cover uh, a bit of news from Sydney on Saturday. Mitch, good morning. Good morning, mate. Good, uh, yeah, it's a good week. We're just watching the trials here in Sydney. There's uh, a few nice ones that we can follow going forward into this spring carnival. Just to note, Shinzo didn't go around this morning last year's Golden Slipper winner, which means you'll probably see him on Thursday's trials at Royal Marine Week as, as he preps for his autumn carnival. We'll keep an eye out for him. We had the uh, the two-year-olds featuring on Saturday at Rose Hill, Canterbury Stakes and the Widden, and nothing much changes. Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott, they dominated again. And this Philly lady of Camelot, um, looking at the time breakdown, 102.53, home 33.28, clearly faster than the stable mate uh, Prosh. She stamped herself as a, a real golden slipper filly. Certainly above average, isn't she? I think, uh, well, you look at the two races side by side, she's obviously ran terrific time, time that you, you really don't see two-year-old fillies running at all, let alone in their, in their second start. So she shattered the clock, certainly rose to the challenge. They, they sort of come to her for a little bit and then she just went through her gears, didn't she? She just sort of put, paid to them pretty quickly and looked very, very impressive. Now, where she measures up in, in this gay waterhouse and Adrian Bot Armoury, it's it's getting harder to sort of... Um, we've obviously got the top seed there in Stormboy, who we've, we've spoken plenty about uh, before, but she's certainly inserted herself into the conversation, don't you think, of that performance now. Um, they'll have a few more going around, fully Liptos, the English Millennium, but um, we still haven't seen a horse like Espionage, uh, which weren't so terrific in the uh, in the Breeders' Plate. Um, obviously, Prost was a place-getter in that Breeders' Plate, and and won the Canterbury on Saturday. There's no reason why he can't progress off his first up run. Uh, The mind boggles how they're going to do it over there at Tullock Lodge because they've got 
plenty. It certainly does. What's the line at the moment? Are we, are we seven and a half for how many runners the team's going to have in the <laughs> Golden Sliver? Just looking at the market here, Stormboy $3 favourite. Shangri-La Express is $8. Lady of Camelot now into 11 and she's on the third line. Espionage, you mentioned there at 15. A horse like uh, Straight Charge who created such an impression winning his last start. Uh, he was equal favourite with Stormboy um, in that pre-post Magic Millions market. Um, he's at $26 as well. So Goodness me, they're, they're going to be busy on uh, on Saturday the 23rd of March when Golden Slipper time comes around. Yeah, it just it just seems like every week you go, uh, it's almost foolish not to back their horses in these two-year-old races at the moment because you'd certainly be making a handy profit. But yeah, you mentioned Shangri-La Express, who hasn't even returned to the races yet. They can really plot a course with him. Given that golden gift win, it basically inserts you straight in. Well, it does. If you've got the prize money to, to go straight to the golden slipper, essentially. Now, he'll have a lead-up run, but it's just a matter of where they space them all. They've got just such a luxury at the moment. You'd have to imagine they'll send one or two down south to the Blue Diamond. Now, a lot of these horses are colts, we've got to remember. So they can't all win the golden slipper, but they still want that group one. So... I'd imagine a few will go down south to the Blue Diamond, but uh, it, it seems like Lady of Luxury, uh, for one respect, will be staying in Sydney and targeting that Golden Slipper off her win. But, uh, yeah, just, just watch this space in Sydney because you'll see a few of them uh, in every race in, in the coming weeks. And, uh, and we know, like, we're still six weeks out. Uh, a few of them are going to... Uh, well, they'll have chinks in their armour by the time we get there. They can't all keep winning, surely. Uh, you wouldn't think all the way to the Golden Slipper. And there, there are other horses that will put their hand up. I thought Keelis in particular in that Canterbury Stakes Pine Post was really good first up. And we know a stable like the Snowdens, they really do it methodically where they're, when they're on their path to the Golden Slipper. That's they're cherry ripe on Golden Slipper Day. So the first tough assignment isn't always where we see the best of them. Exactly right. The next six and seven weeks of two-year-old racing is going to be fascinating. Now, out of that race, the Widden Stakes, uh, we saw some pictures, James McDonald on the ground behind the barriers. Uh, Celerity was uh, a late scratching. Um, Jay Mackey was past fit to ride at, at Hong Kong yesterday. Yeah, he was. He looked back to the jockey's room on Saturday. He looked like he, he was in a fair bit of pain, but he thought it was just sort of a sprain. It wasn't to a, a break or anything like that. Now, we know he had a break uh, during at the start of the spring. He missed the first bit of the spring and then still got him up to ride uh, a few days later to ride Nature Strip in what turned out to be his last ever start. So we know he's a tough cookie. Uh, he was on the plane on Saturday night. I reckon he would have been pretty sore and sorry Probably in first class. Let's be honest. But uh, he, he got himself over there to ride. It didn't go. Uh, it didn't go to plan over there in Hong Kong yesterday. He didn't get on the board. But uh, it appears he's going to be all right to con- continue riding through this autumn. And um, pleasing to see because we don't want to see one of our biggest names on the sidelines at this time of the year. But yeah, the filly was scratched on the card. She she played up. She knocked him off just before uh, they got to the gates, and then. Once she got in there, um, she she played up again, and he and he hit his foot again, and he was that was that was curtains from there. Yeah, just saw some news filtering through yesterday as well. Um, looks like the connections of Lucky Swainess uh, uh, opting to to look for a new rider. Uh, Zach Purton obviously uh, rode him last start. He was beaten, and by the sounds of it, J Max in the box seat uh, to potentially land that ride as well. Now, speaking of James, uh, he's got his hands full with this Premiership. Nashua Willa leads currently forty eight wins uh, the Metro Premiership, but he was suspended on Saturday. He was unfortunately for Nash because he's done a pretty good job this year. We know he's got. 
um, really uh, one of the key contenders for a, for that premiership for, for years or challenges really. James has pretty much had a lock on it. But Nash has been a, a pretty big challenger and he certainly was a challenger in, in his first season back from overseas, Nash. But he's done a terrific job this year or a better job than he usually does of, of staying out of uh, staying out of trouble, but unfortunately on Saturday he did get in a bit. He started his suspension immediately, so I'll miss this English Millennium meeting, but we'll be right uh, to ride the following Saturday. But this Premiership, I think it's going to be one of the most enthralling we've had in years, because I know it, 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 as much as it's not not so much stale, because watching James McDonald ride plenty of winners is pretty entertaining stuff, and he, he is a great rider to watch, but there's certainly a fair few challenges this year. And with James going on these hit-and-run missions overseas and also um, spanning interstate at times, it certainly made it more of a, a challenge for him to win the premiership. He has come out and said, I'm still keen and, and ready, and it's a, one of my biggest goals to win this Sydney premiership this year. But Nash currently leading. Uh, there's no reason why he can't. And Jason Collett sneakily riding his best season in Sydney ever at the moment. He had a double on Saturday riding in terrific form. He wouldn't say to himself, Jay, uh, Jason, that, it, that he wants to win it. He, he's pretty sort of conservative on, on that front. But I, I think deep down he, he'd really want to win that Sydney Premiership for the first time. And what an achievement that would be. 100%. He's second, 46. Wins Tyler Schiller there, 41. And, and James is there on 39. And, and as you mentioned, Interstate Carnival's obviously our carnival up here in, in Brisbane later on in the season. Uh, he's probably going to be up here for a good... Eight or nine Saturday, so uh, he's got to get cracking. He's nine wins behind Nash uh, at the moment. Now, Rose Hill playing firm and fast. Of course, Naval College broke the uh, the long-standing 2,000-metre track record a few weeks ago. Uh, we saw another record fall on Saturday. A Kobe Sun, dominant winner, and, and in the process, broke the 1,200-metre track record at Rose Hill. That's right, a record that stood for, I think, 27 years. So, look, this horse is the very definition, I, I think, of... I, I saw. Brad Davidson tweeted, uh, and he's certainly correct, the very definition of progressive, I think he said. And our Kobe son, Angela Davies, has just done a tremendous horse, a tremendous job with this horse. He's just going on great guns. Now, James was meant to ride him on Saturday. Karen got the uh, the call up once James got injured, and he earned uh, probably the easiest check you'll ever earn. This horse just absolutely dominated in that race. He just keeps stepping through the gate. It was a benchmark 88 on Saturday. Uh, look, it's destined for stakes company, but he may be even better than Ange has ever imagined. She said on Saturday he was, look, she was putting him up another step. He keeps raising the bar, but he just keeps clearing it with ease. And on Saturday, he didn't just clear it. He bolted straight over the top of it, didn't he? Exactly. He looked very impressive. And just keeps getting better and better. Now five from eight, and, and that win was uh, clearly his most uh, impressive so far, our Cobus son, so we'll keep an eye on him. Now a bit of news out of the last week, the Chipping Norton Stakes. Uh, we won't be seen as, uh, won't be run as the Chipping Norton Stakes this year. It'll be very elegant from, um, I'm sure uh, most have heard the news. It's been, I guess, a bit contentious with some, this news that the race will be named the Very Elegant, and we're not taking anything away from very elegant the horse she was obviously a fantastic horse and one of the best mares of her generation winning a melbourne cup a corporal cup and obviously two chipping nortons as well but there's just some questions asked i guess from some in the industry why not call it the tie the knot uh, tie the knot obviously won this race four times in the early 2000s and, and was a very good horse but uh, also the fact that we've still got i guess it's a, a bugbear for for a few of us but uh 
The, the, the fact that we've got uh, horses like Farlap that don't have uh, Group 1 races named after them, uh, it just seems, it doesn't seem right. Now, Farlap's obviously got the Farlap stakes in Sydney, which is a Group 2. Uh, but you think a horse like Farlap should be acknowledged with a Group 1 in Australia. A horse like Tullock as well doesn't have a, a Group 1, got a Group 2 in, in the lead-up to the Australian Derby in the autumn. So, look, I think these horses have got to be acknowledged, don't they, uh, in our racing thing? Before before we start acknowledging horses like Very Elegant with Group 1s, we've got to remember these horses are the Hall of Famers of our industry. And they've got Group 2s named after them, not Group 1s. So take nothing away from Very Elegant, of course. There's no, nothing wrong whatsoever with Very Elegant having a Group 1 named after her. But let's think of these all-time greats as well uh, when, we're, when we're renaming these races. Yeah, 100%. I know there's all sorts of things to go through in terms of um, you know, Group 1 review committees and that. But I, I think it's fair to say we do need a... Uh, you know, to, to restructure these races so our, you know, our champions of years gone by, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're named uh, after Group 1, or the Group 1s, I should and say, are named after them. And that's the thing. We, we are, we're we talking champions here. Like, uh, they are champions of, of our turf. We've got to acknowledge them. Obviously, we've deservedly uh, honoured Winks with a race in Sydney. No one could possibly argue with that. She's a champion. We've got the Black Caviar Lightning just a, a week or so away, so uh, or a few weeks away, so these these are races, their horses that have been acknowledged, but we, we've got our past greats that everyone knows Farlap. It's not like people that are new into the industry don't know uh, who Farlap is. Exactly right. Now, we uh, we spoke to Ben a little bit earlier about the turmoil down in, in Race of Victoria with their board. Uh, Racing New South Wales uh, with them. They're on the search for a new chairman. Just a short one on this, mate. Yeah, it's just uh, it just started last week. The selection panel sat down with uh, a few people um, in Sydney looking to replace Russell Bolding. Now, we know this was a story last year. Russell Bolding was set to be uh, given an extension before that was uh, quashed and quashed pretty emphatically. So Russell Bolding's no longer the Racing New South Wales chairman. The process has officially started at the end of last week to find his replacement now. Uh, there's plenty of people that have put their hand up, I understand. So it's a pretty open race, but we'll find out more in the coming weeks. And just before you go, Wade published a story this morning uh, about the plan for Switzerland. Chris Waller's uh, going to bypass the English Millennium this Saturday. Likely to, yeah. Speaking to Chris on the weekend, uh, this horse is obviously one of the main contenders at the moment in the market. Uh, the, the main contender to this uh, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian onslaught for the Golden Slipper. Now, he is a cult. He is owned by Coolmore. They are all about Group 1, so it's not really surprising. I mean, he's doubtful in the English Millennium markets, but it's almost guaranteed that he, he won't be running in that English Millennium with, with the Golden Slipper, the process, uh, the um, the obviously the main goal. Now, Chris obviously won the race in partnership with Coolmore last season, winning the race with Shinzo, and they'd surely like to do it again with Sitzland, who was obviously very, very good on debut. He certainly created a, an enormous impression last week. We've covered plenty of territory this morning. Thanks for your time, Mitch, uh, and you'll be back next week. Look forward to it, mate. There he is, Mitch Cohen, uh, chatting all things Sydney. Uh, Merka, another great day of racing there on Saturday. Mm. And, yeah, our Kobe son, gee, what a horse for Angela Davies. Training out of Gosford. He's now won five from eight. And, and as Mitch said there, he looks to be every bit of stakes grade. Oh, he does indeed. And uh, it's uh, going to be very interesting to watch and see where he actually goes. 100%, 100%. Mm. Now, you're going to have a chat with Ben Scadden? I will, but you know, I'm going to let him just sit there for five minutes or so because I actually wanted to have a little bit of a chat with you.
And this isn't our usual time slot. This isn't what we usually do. Um, people may know my my voice, I guess, yeah. over the years. I'm, I'm sure plenty of our listeners yeah, are. They may do. <laughs> um, but and, and I know they do know you, Jared, but I'd like to know a little bit more about you. Um, how long have you been with us here now at uh, Radio Tab? So I started in uh, February of 2017. So what's that? Just over, just on seven years, seven, seven years. years now. So right. time flies. It's been a... Uh, it's been a great ride so far. Only only just getting started. Hopefully, oh, so yeah. And, and you're doing so well with uh, your race calling. We hear you all over the country every week, uh, back and forth and around and around. I think you had a big weekend of travel, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I was up at Bundaberg on Saturday for their their tab meeting up there. Always good to get back uh, to my hometown yeah. and and uh, great to to call Bundaberg on Saturday, uh, covering plenty of territory. I had a dip switch, uh, calling a, a few gallops meetings here and there, yeah. and uh, as well at the Greyhounds as well. I'll be in Parker Wednesday afternoons and. Uh, speaking of uh, you know your hometown of Bundaberg, what's your background with racing? Where do you, where does this all fit into your life? So I come from what you'd probably call a, a punting background, right. so to speak, punting and ownership background. My, my dad, Chris, he he's been a keen punter and and has owned racehorses for a large chunk of his life, and and his father did before him as well. So I caught the racing bug pretty early from age of six, seven and eight, I was keeping an eye on the races and, and always just, just fell in love with it straight away. I know a lot of the, the listeners out there will be able to empathise with that. Yeah. Uh, most of us, once it gets latches on nice and early, uh, there's no <laughs> there's no getting rid of it. Well, they say the punting only curable by death. So uh, I think that's that's very accurate for me. I'll be a, a lifelong racing fan and, yeah. and j- just love following the races, love the industry, love the people that we get to, to talk to and, and, and get to chat to. It, it is yeah. it's the greatest, greatest industry, greatest sport on the earth. And and what was your first shift here at Radio Chat? I think it was a day at Ipswich races on I am gonna say Friday the 9th of February. So it's Just coming to be up. Precise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I I've got it the date marked down. I, <laughs> I didn't call a race that day. I called a, a race a couple of weeks after that, but went to the races with, with David Fowler. I was pretty nervous, young fellow, but uh look at it, it's been great fun. Uh, the team here at Radio Tab as as yourself included has been very, very uh Welcoming and, and, and it's been great to, to join the team and, and now seven years seven years into seven it. Seven years, yeah. yeah. It's hard to believe actually that's seven years <laughs> because I do remember you coming in <laughs> fresh faced and fancy free. Yeah. Um you were over in Dubai last year. I was. It's almost 12 months ago. Time flies. It, uh, it was uh, March last year. I was fortunate enough uh, to secure a, a month of calling over there, which was a terrific experience. Yeah, um, how did, how, how does, it, does it differ from what you do here? Well, I'd say the... Obviously, the most uh, the thing that you'd expect the most is there's no betting over there. So the whole way of, of previewing races is totally different. Obviously, here we're betting centric, information centric. We're trying to give the punters uh, as much you know info and, and intel as we can, not just from uh, you know trainers you know, talking up horses, but also mm. betting information uh, and that sort of thing. But that virtually doesn't exist over there. So it's very much uh, announce the runners in the yard, hit the button when they're loading in, and and call the race, and mm. and that's that. So it was good because it's a different a different way of of um, you know, I'd say you know different calling style completely. Um, you know, different way I'm I'm going about my business, and uh, yeah. it, it was great to to add that to my to my armory. It's hard to imagine no betting, isn't it? Well, especially here. I mean, yeah. in Australia, it's such such a, you know obviously it drives the industry. The yeah. wagering and the, the turnover uh, is what keeps keeps racing ticking. So it, it's a very different game over there. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And and 
Who's your mentor? Is it David? David. David's had uh, a lot to do with me since I was I was still at school. He he spotted me. I was, I was at the the broadcast box at Doombin one Saturday, and, and I played him a call, and and he was a little bit impressed by it. So uh, look through the the channels. He he was able to uh, to slot me in here with some work experience in grade twelve during school holidays, and yeah. and I learned a lot during that. Um, time as well in that process just sitting in with you uh yeah, in, in in studio and, and that sort of thing so david's been great he, he's a very he says he's a very hard market which is true which is what you need i think you know i, I hold myself to a high standard and yeah. and he certainly does as well so um so he's been terrific he's been able to uh he's always listening he's always listening to my calls and uh if, if i make a mistake there'll usually be a, a text there or something yeah. Not not long afterwards, uh, which is it's good. It's the way uh, a good mentor should be. Oh, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I, I do admire David for a number of reasons, and that's one of them. He's he's very good with his guidance. And um, have you got a dream race? You know, is there something that one day? I mean, obviously Melbourne Cup. I don't know, but, but is there one that for you would make you feel as though? I've I've put my stamp on something here. There's probably two. Obviously, the Melbourne Cup. It's the ultimate oh, yeah, test. Yeah. Thirty-two hundred metres, twenty-four yeah. horses. Uh, these this day and age, you know, a lot of the time we're, we're seeing them a number of the runners for the first time when they walk into the mounting yard. So, uh, so the Melbourne Cup is the the ultimate test. But being a Queenslander, a Stradbroke, <laughs> fourteen hundred Eagle Farm. The gates crash back, and eighteen of them on their way. Uh, look, that'd be the dream. It's it's still our race. It's, it's our great handicap yeah. here in Queensland, and and to call Queensland's iconic race, I th- I think that. But yeah. that would make my – I think I could say my career is complete if I was able to call Fantastic. a straight break. Well, I'm sure it's in the future somewhere. Fingers and, uh, crossed. I'll yeah. keep, keep uh, pe- pepping or peppering away. I'll try and well, – Hopefully the listeners know a little bit more about you now. Um, not that they don't. No. But, uh, yeah, it's just that I was thinking to myself, you know, Jared, we've been working here all these years. I want a bit t- to know a bit more about you as well. So uh, I'm glad we had a little chat. We'll go to Ben in just a moment. You're listening to Press Room on Radio Tab. Right, well, we're back with uh, Press Room indeed. And uh, joining me now from South Australia is Ben Scadden. Hey, Ben. Mercedes, how are you going? I'm very well, thank you. Geez, it's been a while, hasn't it? Has. It's been a long time. We were just reminiscing back in the, the old days when you were here here in Adelaide 20-something years ago. I think you worked alongside my brother a little bit as well. Oh, so I did, Simon, yes. Yes, yeah, he's still ticking along. So, yeah. That's good to um, know. <laughs> lots happening, yeah. Uh, so, uh, just uh, recently you had a bit of a Breeders' uh, Horse of the Year kind of situation go on there? Yeah, yeah it was on Saturday night. Oh, it was, and, was it Saturday um, night? Yeah, Saturday night and... Um, Probably part of the reason that David Fowler bothered to, to head to Adelaide and isn't doing press room today. Um, <laughs> yeah, the mayor that he had a had a small share in another award. She was acknowledged again. She won the uh, won the horses of the horse of the year award at that that um, breeders dinner. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, she's had a great um, you know, she obviously had a great career for them, and she won the the Racing SA Horse of the Year award earlier in the. Uh, earlier last year as well so um yeah she's she's obviously sold off and is is going to stud now um yeah the other notable um victor from the night was um was peter jones who won the um won the matrice award which was a really lovely thing for him so it's basically like an acknowledgement of contribution to the industry so peter worked um for a very long time with lindsay park managed the stallions there um, you know, very well known in that area, and um, from what I'm told, he's a um, you know told a great story on Saturday night and had the had the crowd on the edge of their seats kind of thing. So um, yeah, it was, that was a very very popular award from what I'm told. 
Oh, that is great. And it's uh, glad to see uh, Peter being recognised there with that award. Now, uh, also, we've got uh, the Apprentice Academy Awards. Uh, and yeah. uh, who took out Ducks this year? Yeah, awards, awards, awards. It's all about awards, it feels like, over the past week. So, um, yeah, our annual Apprentice Academy Awards, which is a, a great night. Um, you know, I love the job that our Apprentice Academy does here in South Australia. They... Um, you know, have achieved amazing results over a long period of time and so many of the you know the high level jockeys around Australia have have kind of cut their teeth in the industry here in South Australia through the Apprentice Academy. Jamie Carr probably the most obvious one in recent times. Um, but Ben Price um, made it ducks of the Academy for two years straight and um it's been a tough you know, event, hasn't it? Yeah, super tough. So, um yeah, it was he was very emotional accepting the award last week. He um yeah, it had been well publicised that his mother, um, Belinda, had been, been very unwell with cancer for a long period of time and, and she passed away last year. Um, so Ben lost his mum and also his cousin, Charlie Stevens, um, was, was killed in a car accident. Um, so that's was, was actually a very, very highly publicised event as well because Charlie was the son of the, um, the head of police here in South Australia, Grant Stevens, Charlie Stevens. So that was, um, yeah, that was a, that was kind of like a front page story for a long time. And yeah, so Ben, fair to say that he has had it incredibly tough over the past 12 months and for him to be able to achieve what he achieved, um, through the through the year is is an absolute testament to his character. Um, he rode 66 winners for the season, finished fourth in the Metro overall Metro Jockeys Premiership. Um, you know, won a black type race on Coco Sun, the Oakland's Plate. So yeah, he um, his ability to put his head down and continue to work hard and achieve what he achieved is just um, yeah, it's it's above and beyond what you could expect of anybody. So, yeah, full credit to Ben. And I, I think he's, um, yeah, he's an absolute star in the making. He is. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame he's had to go through that. And it, but it seems that he's been able to uh, come up trumps, at least uh, in the eyes of the Apprentice Academy. Yeah, Jacob no Opperman doubt. also uh, there? Yeah, that's right. So Jacob, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it was a big week for Jacob as well. So he was runner-up in the uh, in the Ducks Awards. So um, yeah, he's he's forged a really good career here in in South Australia. Um, yeah, ridden a lot of winners, very popular young jockey. And um, then on Saturday at, at Morfield on the Parks track, there he um, he outrode his city claim, which is always quite a feat. Yeah. So that's um, that's eighty city wins during his apprenticeship. So a lot of very few apprentices actually get to that level, um, but yeah, so quite a quite a feat to outride your claim. I think that's when a lot of apprentice, apprentices are asked what what would they like to achieve during their apprenticeship. I reckon ninety percent of them say I'd love to outride my claim, and uh, and Jacob's done that. So he uh, he won on tireless at, at Morfield on Saturday, led throughout. It was a really nice ride. Um, didn't have much luck on a couple of others. So yeah, he's now a, a new claiming apprentice, but he'll continue to be used very widely by, by trainers here. He's a popular young man. He's got his head screwed on. He's very talented as well. So he'll, he'll end up moving into the senior riding ranks and be very successful as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and there's also another apprentice that's catching the eye at the moment in Maggie Collett. Yeah, she's flying at the moment, Maggie. She's, um, yeah, she kind of couldn't be going much better than she, she is right now. And, yeah, she had a huge day. So I feel like all we're doing is talking about apprentices <laughs> today, but that's, that's not a bad thing because, um, yeah, you know, they are the future of the industry. But, yeah, Maggie had a, had a huge day at Morfordville on the, on the park track on Saturday. She only had three rides 
and came home with three winners. So he went on, she went on Toast the Deal for Will Clark and Nicky O'Shea, Rising Legend for Chris B, then Dual Fuel for Peter Hardacre. So 100% success rate. So um, not many people can do that. I guess if you only have one ride, then riding, getting a winner on that one ride is kind of a, a good feat. But to do three out of three, that's, um, that's quite an effort, I reckon. Indeed. Now, uh, the uh, meeting from Balaclava has been moved to today because of the heat. Yep. And uh, Maggie's got a few rides today as well. Race two, number one, Bold Descent for Trevor Simons. Uh, then she's uh, taking the ride in race five on ten, Tub Lassie, uh, Lassie for uh, Robbie Atkinson. Uh, we've got uh, number five in race six, uh, Tiny Rebel from Barrier Three for Rahan uh, McDonald. And uh, then she's race seven, number eight for Peter Hardecker. So um, looks like uh, she's got a busy day ahead as well. Yeah, when when they when jockeys are hot, it, it's a, it's uncanny how it happens that they keep on having success. Like success finds success very often in racing. So um, if you think any of those horses that Maggie's riding today have got half a chance, I'd be getting on them because um, she'll certainly she'll be riding full of confidence at the moment, and uh, makes a real difference. A lot of lot of um, a lot of racing is above the shoulders, I think, especially when it comes to riding. And um, yeah, Maggie couldn't be more confident than she is right now. Well, another rider that we can talk about is Rochelle Milnes, and uh, she was yeah. on second to none there on the weekend. Yeah. Or was it Friday? Yeah, Friday. Uh, it was Friday, yeah. So, getting my so we... Now, she, she rode second to none, but she's runs, ridden second to none to victory four times, is it? Uh, yeah, well, second to none herself has won four times in a row. I think Rochelle's been on her uh, at least a couple of those. And yeah, yeah, this was the meeting from Strathalbyn that was um, that was postponed after the first race when um, when Kelsey Hannon had that fall after the after the post, and um, they basically had to airlift her to hospital. Good news is that Kelsey looks like she's going to make a full recovery and be okay, which is which is wonderful news. But yeah, they had to move that Strathalbyn Cup meeting to to Friday. And um, yeah, second to none, she's absolutely fine. This mare for uh, for Will Clark and Nikki O'Shea, four four out of four. Um, feels like there's still still some upside to her. So she um, she's out of a mare that will um, train with good success a few seasons back in Tidy Profit. She was a good quality mare, but second to none feels like she's going to go go above what her mum achieves. So she's a, she's a really promising middle-distance mare, second to none. I'm not too sure where she will end up, but she feels like she's still got a lot of upside racing racing super well. Yeah, indeed. Uh, you would have uh, been up with the news that Ben Thompson is heading across to Hong Kong. Well, we've got someone from Hong Kong here in Ivy Lamb, and she's doing quite well too. Yeah, she is. Um, so Hong Kong apprentices, there are a bundle of them head across here to South Australia to our Apprentice Academy. There's, there is a formal relationship between the Hong Kong Jockey Club and the South Australian Apprentice Academy. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Hong Kong apprentices go through the academy here and then um, kind of learn the ropes and if they're riding well enough they end up lucky enough to head back home and have a crack at riding on the uh, Hong Kong you know the, the extremely lucrative Hong Kong's Hong Kong circuit and um, I guess Matthew Poon's probably the best known of, yeah. of a lot of those who did really well here but Ivy Lamb she um, she's only been here a, sh- a reasonably short period of time and um, she headed to Sejuna, which, as you know, is a, a very long way from Adelaide. It it's is, it's, yes. it's quite, a, quite a trip, um, but it was Sejuna Cup Day, and Ivy won her first race in the Cup. 
She oh. won on Diamonds Are for Megan Gillespie. So I'm what sure that went a massive, massive thrill for her, yeah. So onwards up, as I expect, for Ivy. She'll, um, she, these these apprentices, Hong Kong apprentices, do get good opportunities here because they claim the four full kilos in the... Uh, on the country for a little while, then the three in town. So eventually she'll get a get a city licence and I'm sure we'll see lots more of Ivy Lamb going forward. I'm sure we will. Well, congratulations to all our award winners on the weekend and uh, it's great to catch up with you again, Ben. Absolutely. Thanks, Mercedes. Thanks, Ben. And uh, we uh, move forward to uh, now speak with Colin McNiff and Jared's going to handle that. It's been a big week of, uh, of racing, or it is a big week of racing, uh, Hobart Cup Day on, on Sunday down in Tasmania. Colin's joining us after a, a big day yesterday at Launceston. Colin, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Jared. This filly, Miss Tasmania, uh, she was ultra-impressive winning the uh, the two-year-old Magic Millions race there yesterday, 165 into $1.26. Uh, the punters bet with confidence, and Sigrid Carr, she loved it, didn't she, uh, as Miss Tasmania yeah. raced away to, to win that feature race? Yeah, she did. She's only had the three starts from a first up third and then two very impressive wins culminating with that uh, performance yesterday. Siggy described the race as messy. Uh, she jumped away nicely, got shuffled back, um, got knocked around a little bit. But this horse is uh, very, very good. Uh, one of the best two-year-olds that we've got down here for sure and certain. She just uh, worked her way up toward the leaders and, and dashed past them uh, halfway down the straight and won, won by more than two lengths, as you say, very confidently back to, to start a, a hot favourite Miss Tasmania. She also picked up the $10,000 bonus. She's raced by a group of uh, 18 females, so the all-female syndicate picking up the $10,000 bonus for the Magic Millions win. They're all on track. They're all by the winning post, and I think that's who Siggy was giving a bit of a wave to as, uh, as Miss Tasmania shot across the line well clear. We've always got a good horse down there in Tasmania recent years. Uh, looking back to one of my favourites growing up, the clean, obviously Mystic Journey, uh, was a star winning an all-star mile in an Australian Guineas at three. The inevitable, he's been a, a consistent top-line performer uh, last few years. And I think this filly, uh, well-named, obviously, with Tasmania in the name, I think mm -hmm. she's going to gain a, a cult following as well. I think you could be right there, Jared. Yeah, there's something about her and the fact that she's raced by uh, some prominent uh, females down here in Tasmania. She's going to get her share of publicity. They all love to the races in the blue and white colours that uh, the horse carries. They also have, would you believe, Miss Tasmania sashes across them. So <laughs> they certainly they certainly stand out uh, in the crowd, and, and that was a fabulous performance. So I think Siggy's going to spell her now. We've got another very good uh, youngster, Gigi's Miss Truth, who's had just the uh, the three stars and is unbeaten. So they are the two standouts uh, uh, so far as the two-year-olds are concerned here in Tasmania. They have met the one Gigi Miss Truth, one of their first appearance, but I'd love to see them meet again uh, uh, right now with uh, with both horses in great form. 100%. Uh, a little bit later on, it was the, the John Keyes and David Perez show in the uh, following two feature events. The mm. three- and four-year-old Magic Williams Classic went the way of Cartoon Graveyard, who upset the hot pot favourite Doro star there. Yeah, the three- and four-year-old, uh, Cartoon Graveyard, a four-year-old, just had a little bit on uh, the three-year-old Doro Star, who was heavily backed and was a, a really short-priced favourite. I couldn't get over the odds, to be perfectly honest. And Cartoon Graveyard opened up 280, got out to $6. But a uh, beautiful ride by Dave Perez. He finished up with four winners for the day. Uh, John Keyes trained three winners. But uh, the ride on uh, Cartoon Graveyard was uh, a gem. He just sat behind Doro Star. Craig knew it on the favourite, kicked away around the home turn. But... Cartoon Graveyard knuckled down and picked him up in the last uh, couple of bounds to get up and take the second feature race off the program, the uh, Magic Millions three- and four-year-old. And then they, uh, uh, 40 minutes later, they were at it again when uh, in the uh, Sedestin Cup and uh, they won that race um, 
very nicely with I'm So Cool, who uh, now gets free entry into the $300,000 Launceston Cup on February 28th by winning the Sodeston Cup uh, yesterday. The feature racing keeps on rolling. We've got uh, Derby Day at Hobart on, on Friday and obviously Cup Day next Sunday. I'm just starting to hear a few of the uh, Hobart Cup uh, ads coming through. Uh, sounding terrific. Looking forward to, to the big day next week or big two days next yeah. weekend. Yeah, look, it's a fabulous weekend. It's really developed over the last uh, five or six years, this weekend, Friday, Derby Day. and The newly named Mystic Journey for the Phillies and the Mares was formerly known as the Bow Mistra Stakes, and that's going to draw together a pretty good field. Uh, Favourite, um, Paddy Payne's horse should be winning the Derby, you would think, after it's winning the Launceston Guineas recently, and Paddy looks to have a... Uh, the favourite for the uh, Hobart Cup nominations will come out later, but uh, the Hobart Cup with a Lambra lad, I'd imagine he'll be going around there after his very impressive win in the uh, Summer Cup in Hobart a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, Derby and Mystic Journey on Friday, and then we've got the Hobart Cup, the Thomas Lyons at Wade Frage and the Strud Stakes for the three-year-old fillies uh, as they head towards the Oaks in Launceston in a few weeks. So, wonderful weekend. It is, in fact, the 150th running of the Hobart Cup too, so lots of celebrations around that milestone. Ten races next Sunday, $300,000 for the feature, so well, we'll be tuning in. He's had plenty of success, Paddy Payne, down there in recent years, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, he knows, the, he knows the right horses to bring down for the carnival, and uh, so far he's, uh, he's just winning races down here for fun, and that looks like uh, likely to continue. We'll change track a bit here. We've had the uh, the findings of the Murray report uh, made public last week, and this has had quite a bit of uh, fallout and has received a lot of public attention regarding mm-hmm. the case of Benyol. Certainly has, and uh, yeah, that Murray report. Uh, we've been waiting uh, quite a while for it to become public. Uh, Ray was down here uh, investigating last year. Uh, it was put back because there was so so much to go into this report. Uh, eventually it got to the government before Christmas. They've been sitting on it for a few weeks, but uh, now it did become public. And as a result of that, Ben Yol has been warned off. Uh, all these horses were scratched, not just here, but also at Leeton uh, with the New South Wales stewards doing the same. Uh, and they had a one-horse race. We had three one-horse races here over the weekend in Launceston and in Hobart, a couple of two-horse races as well. But it's something that had to be done. Uh, the, the, the charges of uh, race fixing, team driving, animal abuse are, are so severe that uh, Taz Racing had to take some action. They did that on Friday. No doubt Ben Yol will appeal this, but uh, we'll wait and see what the fallout is. But uh, at the moment, he, he can't take any horses to the races here. And it's going to be interesting because we've got a Bernie meeting up on the northwest coast on Friday. And it was these sort of meetings that Ben Yol would absolutely dominate and take probably, you know, 60 of the, the 70 horses that might be going around at those meetings. So interesting to see how that meeting does stand up if it does uh, a little later this week. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be hearing more and um, yeah, there's going to be mm. ramifications, um, not just in Tasmania, uh, on the mainland as, as well. Now, best uh, of luck with the calling next uh, weekend. Uh, big feature race, meeting. Looking forward to tuning in for the Hobart Cup, Colin, and we'll chat with you a little bit later on in the morning. Yeah, good on it, Jared. Thanks very much.